breaking news. Are the X-Men colluding with Russians? No. In Russia? No collusion. Right now? Shut up, fake news. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's September 2017, so we'll be discussing some comics and news from August 2017. Holy shit. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is the best there is at what she does, and what she does is curse a whole lot. Patty. Here's a friendly reminder that you can leave us some feedback on geekade.com or geekade's Facebook page on the Facebook page 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men or on iTunes. We appreciate you and we want to know what you think about what we think or just any general comments or suggestions you may have for us. And what we think is that this podcast is going to be full of bad language, possibly some naughty innuendo, oh, there will be. and crude humor. So if you've got virgin ears, prepare them for some penetration, but be sweet and take them out someplace fancy first and get their consent. And warm them up first. You never go and dry. Give them some rubs. Yeah. Yeah, all the rubs. How how you doing tonight, Patty? I'm tired. I'm tired too. We should get more monster. Some more monster. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Monster Energy. No, no, that's 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 a joke. <clears throat> okay, there were a lot of comics I wanted to talk about this month. But, of course, we have to kind of cut them down and limit it because I don't even want to listen to me talk for as long as we talk. So figured that we would conclude uh, this uh, Weapons of Mutant Destruction that's been going on in the comics. And although it's like that arc is officially ended, this overall story isn't done. But it, So this kind of ended in Totally Awesome Hulk number 22, which I really did like, even though I was getting really fucking tired of this Totally Awesome Hulk. I appreciated them trying to combine the names of Hulk and Wolverine, kind of like how, how they do with celebrity couples, and said Hulkverine. But personally, I the first thing that came to my mind was Wolvergreen. But I'm thinking that sounds more like a gum or something. Well, I don't know. I, I uh, you know, my OTP is uh, Gene and Wolverine, and I'll either go with uh, Gene Verine or Wolvergene. Um, how about Grey Wolf? The, where does the wolf come in? <laughs> because He's it's not... wolf. But who says gray wolf? wolf? Yeah, gray wolf. Wolvie Jean. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever. It's just, it's just an OTP. No nah, big deal. Jean wants that Wolverine. Yes, she does. Um, and so, uh, so the, the team kind of got into it in this issue. Mm-hmm. That show was just being a joy a killer. What show was being, being a show? I see what you did there. Yeah. So yeah, so Weapon X wants all mutant, all mutants dead, uh, and Cho is like, no, we're not killers. And like, even the fucking scientist is like, listen, Bobby Andrews, this this kid that you're trying to save, he's not there anymore. Like, there's just anger. And Cho was still like, Bobby, listen to me. And I'm like, yeah, just... he was being a whiny little bitch. Also, it was really confusing because now this group wants to go by the name Weapon X. Yeah. Even though, you know, Weapon X is already an established name, I just feel like that's really weird, taking the name of, you know, the people who, like, experimented on you and, like, changed you and, like, you're fighting them and you took their name. It's like it's like Antifa taking, like, KKK or something. Like, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Why would you want to be known or associated with this group? It just doesn't make sense to me. So it's a little confusing when I see, like, Weapon X written now. I wish they came up with something all new, all different, but, you know. They're taking it back. They're taking it back and they're proclaiming it theirs. It's like a therapeutic thing, right? 
Right? They do that in therapy? I don't know. I guess. I mean, I guess it's kind of like, you know, how us, like, northerners took back the word Yankees. <laughs> it used to be, like, a derogatory term. It still is. Know. It's associated with baseball. And who likes baseball? That's, that's true. Nobody likes baseball. That's true. Go back to friggin... America and play your baseball. Yeah, you friggin... <laughs> what? Freaking Americans. We're in New Jersey right now. Uh, what I did like, though, the only thing I liked about Cho in this issue was when he went to his little happy place to let his Hulk out of the trunk. <laughs> you got a lot of drunk in that trunk, right? Oh, uh, yeah, he does. Those, it's little, a, those little purple shirts don't cover much. Uh, I don't like you looking at him like that. It said Showtime on the license plate. Yes. I was like, I want that. I want my license plate to say Fugue Time. Because that's your name. Fug Time. Fug Time. Yeah, because when you look at it, when I typed it out, I'm like, all right, so like my last name looks like Fug, but it's Fugue, right? Like mm-hmm. like the musical thing, but it have to be F E W. This is stupid. Why am so I? My, I could be bear. 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 Time. You're one of the. Were you're mm-hmm. one of the wee bear bears. Yes. Which one am I? I'm I'm the sassy one. You're the patty the, bear. The the panda because he's he's vegan or you, vegetarian. Or you should be the. There should they should make a new one for you that's red and patty has bear. pointy glasses. Aww. It's the berry bear. Aww. <laughs> oh man, I apologize, everyone. We we are so so very tired as usual. But we still insist on recording this on the day that we record it. So there you go. Uh, So I liked, I really liked this issue. And I like that Cho is finally gone. Even though the end was corny, you know, Cho is like, what do you mean we? And Sabretooth is like, we're Weapon X. And it's like, like really lame and shit. But I, I like this because it left it open for the story to continue, but without totally awesome hulk and that's what we're getting because we've since gotten an issue of weapon x that continues them chasing after uh weapon h the fucking hulk with the claws and shit and that's awesome like i really enjoyed that issue and we're gonna get more into that as that story goes on hopefully it it stays cool but like this this issue was good simply because cho is kind of gone he was a brat and kind of a downer he's buzzkill yeah that's like the thing you know Usually when um, they have, I, I appreciate, you know, when they'll have characters who are so different in personalities interacting together. And it's interesting to see, but, you know, what, the five of them or whatever just, you know, are like killers. And, you know, Cho is just party foul every second. He's just, <laughs> just swipe the bong out of your hands and he's like, no. <laughs> No more marijuana for you kids. And Knocking kids, all the drinks off the table. Yeah, just like no, you can't, you can't have fun and kill people and drink your alcohol. You puking, gotta be, you gotta be good kids. Go back to school. Puking all over the toilet. Yeah. Not even getting it in the bowl. Yeah, no. Man, this is why nobody invites him to the party. He's not totally awesome. Wait, was it in the? I don't remember if it was in this or Champions that he had to like get his Hulk on and like he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't get it up. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember that. But, okay, they were like trying to make him mad or whatever. But that sounds that sounds absolutely fantastic. So don't worry, guys. Even the Hulk gets ED sometimes. Yeah, um, that's sad. They're, they make medication for that. So, yeah, and, and no, I, I agree with you that it was very interesting, the contrast to have this guy who is just like constant party foul with these murderers, but I feel like that only lasts for so long, and it kind of started to overstay its welcome. I agree, yeah. It, it definitely, after a while, it was just like, okay, just let them do their fucking job. Yeah. You know, like, I don't come into your job and tell you how to, how to do your job. <laughs> yeah. Job. You, you tell them. 
I don't. <laughs> Damn I don't, it, job. I don't. I don't come to your job and wear purple shorts. And yeah, you're talking about that guy from the Bible, right? Judge. Oh yeah, Job. I don't go. Job. Job. Yeah. It's pronounced Job. Yeah, it's pronounced Job. I literally never knew that. I, I did not know that that it was yes, pronounced. It's, it's literally. Pronounced Job. Listen, it's, it's literally J O B. That is Job. It's it's pronounced Job. Nope, that's Job. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, so this really started to overstay its welcome, and and it's pretty much done now. But we're gonna continue the story with the cool kids. The cool kids. The yeah. cool kids who murder people with stabby things, uh, and it, but it is also kind of cute at the same time. There was this one panel uh, where you know, well, okay, so they're saving like all the kids and like all the quote unquote innocent people from the town because it's it's basically being destroyed. And uh, Lady Deathstrike is like, oh, I didn't sign up for this. And like in the next panel, she's got a kid under each arm and she's running away. And she's like, okay, fine. So I thought that was cute. So in a way, this is kind of like softening her a little bit, which is interesting, but also I'll weird to see. I'll get her hard again. Don't worry. <laughs> you got a lot of things to get hard. She's got she's got one fucking hard on for each finger. So that's uh, a lot to make hard. You know Are what? you up for that task? You know what? No, you're, you're pretty sexy. So if she's going to be willing to have sex, she's going to need to cut her fingernails or else that's also party foul. Stop trying to control her. You know what? That's messed up. Why are you trying to change her? She just she is who she is, you know. She looks yeah, like someone else. It's no, it's not fun when you have long fingernails. Just she's still got a mouth, so that's fine. <laughs> that's all you need, kids. Just a good mouth. Yeah. You, you don't need, even need your teeth. No, you just you just uh, find someone you like and sit on their face. <laughs> all right. So going back to what we were talking about earlier with consent. So <laughs> do do that first. Yes, do that get, first, get consent and then sit on faces. Oh man, somebody fucking think of the children. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Jesus Christ. So yeah, so like I said, this issue was good and it's continuing uh, this story with Weapon H throughout the Weapon X book and there's a lot of weapons and a lot of letters. All right, so we're going to talk about the Generations oh, books yes, this, that came out. This Jean Grey one, the Phoenix yeah. one. Oh yeah. man, it, I was so excited for this. I've been waiting like my whole life. So young Jean is taken, teleported something to this beach and she's like, something feels familiar here. And she sees the regular Jean and Phoenix and then some fucking Mr. Tidy McSkimpy Pants was trying to flirt with our Jean. Our Jean. Yeah, our Jean, the original Jean. OG and don't just Jean. call her regular Jean. I feel like she deserves a better adjective than regular. OG Jean. Beautiful Jean. Beautiful Jean. She's my baby, so don't say anything bad about her. But uh, yeah, she like just turns this guy down flat, and I was like, yes. <laughs> she's like reading a book or whatever, and she's like, don't you see that I'm busy? And he's like, oh, well, why don't we hang out later? And she's like, uh, you're still here? <laughs> yeah, I was like, that was badass. I was like, I love you so much, and I wish that I could channel like a fraction of her confidence. <laughs> and it's really cool that cute Jean. That's what I, I guess I'll call the younger one, cute Jean. Okay. And beautiful Jean. Okay. Just so we're we're good on our adjectives mm -hmm. because we X Men fans love our adjectives. Yes. So I, I just I thought it was kind of weird that like you know young Jean, cute Jean is weirded out by like seeing her being here she doesn't really know what's going on but like older jean is just so like relaxed and lackadaisical 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 that's that's so many ex like sounds 
I just, I can't do those sounds right Lackadaisical. now. Lackadaisical. Yeah, because it's got X sounds in it, and this is an X-Men podcast. And a, yeah. He's uh, just, it's like, like, you know, beautiful Gene is just like, how about we go to a cafe? How about dancing? You know, it's just, it was really weird to see her like that. She just seemed like she was kind of like losing her shit a little bit, which I guess is understandable because, you know, the phoenix is inside her. It's not mm. actually her mm. you know well i mean it is her but she like she would she would dead and then and then the yes, bird she was very nonchalant she yeah so that was that was kind of weird but um you know and then we realized like a little bit later that tidy mcskimpy pants was mastermind uh cute jean realized it and she stopped herself from telling uh beautiful jean and so you know i mean as the issue goes on more of this stuff is like discussed and like fleshed out and i just gotta say before we go on though that like i really liked these X-Men Generations books because I did get the first one with the Hulk and I'm not going to go into detail but I did not like that issue it was just boring it was silly it was like meh this issue I thought was really good it was uh all of a sudden the two genes just fucking like whisk away into the middle of space and there's Galactus and Terax and they're terrorizing this world full of like these cute little aliens with big heads and Galactus is gonna, Galactus is gonna fucking eat the thing. Uh, older Jean is just like, no, that's not gonna happen. And so young Jean is like, well, I'm gonna help too. And she fucking turns into her, you know, little psychic force that she can do now and just like punches Galactus in the face. And that was fan-fucking-tastic. I yes. really thought that was cool to see the two of them team up. Yeah, no, it was cool, and it looked like a beautiful Jean couldn't, she needed like some backup or whatever. Mm. And young Gene was like, well, I still have some chicks up my sleeve that, you know, he doesn't know yet or whatever. It was really sad because um, we knew what was going to happen. We, the reader, knew what was going to happen with beautiful Gene and Phoenix. Cute Gene also knew, and she didn't know whether she should tell beautiful Gene. Yeah, and then Baldy shows up. Baldy being Uatu. <laughs> and that took me a second. I'm like, wait, Professor X is there? <laughs> no, no um, he's wheels. Oh, okay, he's wheels. I'm not being ableist. Listen, they've called him wheels before, all right? Okay. My grandpa was paraplegic. Don't even. Don't even, all right? So I was like, oh, man, this is a really tough decision. And, like... Really? Yeah, it would have been for me. She was, like, cute Jean was, like, questioning herself. Like, did I make the right choice? It could have saved her or whatever. Yeah, but who knows? But this is like that whole thing where like, you know, if you go back in time and like... Mm, kill a butterfly or whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's a, the butterfly effect that could happen. Like, what else is that going to change? How many other people are going to die? How many people are going to live? Like, how many things is that going to change? And it was really interesting that Uatu showed up like that and was like, you know, this is a really important moment and I'm here just to observe. And like, obviously, obviously young genius... That's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. But I mean, if it were me, I wouldn't have said anything. I would not have said anything. I try to, I try to, you know, think about it like that. Like, how important is that? Like, you think you're doing the right thing, but you're probably really not. Things have to play out the way they're going to play out, you know? Excuse me. What about the O5 that are here right now? And how many things that probably should have fucked up, but it really didn't end up doing shit. And you yeah. know, young cute Jean <laughs> well, is one of the O five. I know, but they had. She knows that it didn't fuck up anything. So if I were her, I, you know, I might have rolled the dice. <laughs> rolled rolled the Aller dice. Oh, do you like that? I do Jonathan, like that. Jon- I do like that. Jonathan loves Pyro. Yeah, and Pyro's name is Aller Alder dice. All the dice. All the dice. His name is all the dice. His name is all of the dice. His, his nickname is Dice Master. <laughs> what? <laughs> he can he can dice you up a nice tomato. Why are you where? 
And, oh, and he control fire, so he can he can he can cook some cook something too. Yeah, that's a good idea. Cook the tomato. Yeah, cook the tomato. I had I had a point to make like twenty thoughts ago, and it's just completely lost now. <laughs> yeah, because Pyro Pyro is making Avalanche a nice tomato I, dinner. We, we're losing all of the dice. All of the dice are gone. Snake eyes. Snake eyes. Time to move on. Uh, so next up is the other generations book, which is Generations the Best, uh, the best Who's of the, the best. best. Who's the best? Wolverine's the best. Wolverine, you're the is... best. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was the correct answer. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, so this was I was I was looking forward to this, but I was a little nervous too. Initially, when they started soliciting Generations and they're just like showing these team ups, I'm like, well, wait a second, are they gonna bring? Wolverine back, and we probably talked about this a few months ago because then yeah. we're gonna have too many fucking Wolverines. So many Wolverines. It's gonna be fucking Wolverine season. All the yeah. hunters are gonna be out. That's not. That's not right. We like the Wolverines. Wolverines are cute. They're yeah. fuzzy. Yeah. I don't know. I never met one in real life. I probably want to pet it, but it probably want to like bite me or some shit. So we'll, I'll just we'll find a nice one. I'll just fucking get a kangaroo, right around in its pouch. Fucking be practical. New mode of transportation. Yeah, so th- this opened, you know, kind of, honestly, like, half of this issue was just kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word bland. It was just kind of average. Use the word bland. It was kind of just, like, average, you know? Okay, so, like... It wasn't well, the best? No, it was not the best. It was the average. It was Generations the average. But by the end, it was the best. So, like, Wolverine is fighting a bunch of fucking hand ninjas and doing his all, like, dialogue. Hand like this ninjas. Is, the hand that ninjas? Sounds, I'm a hand ninja. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know. That's right. Yeah, when you put those two words together, it doesn't sound as intimidating. It sounds more jizzy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, you want to come over and I'll hand ninja you later. Oh, wow. That is good. I'm you, surprised. I'll give you a hand ninja. All right, so considering what's going on on all these Netflix shows in the hand, I am uh-huh. really surprised that that is not all over the oh, internet. Oh, girl, I'll give you the hands. The maybe hand if you ninja. Play your, maybe if you play your cards right, I'll give you the fist. I would say, oof. I'll give you the iron fist. The whole you, fist? The whole fist. The whole iron but, fist. But remember, kids, you got to get consent. Start with the and hand. Then, and then lube up first because you don't want to go in dry. Start with the hand. Before you go to the fist. Yes. All right. So, yeah. So this issue was kind of average. Again, just fighting like some fucking hand ninjas or whatever. <laughs> but it was still... I'm still going to say it. You can giggle all you want. But but it was cool seeing Laura just show up. And, you know, Wolverine recognizes her like, this one is like me. I don't know. I just... I, I was thinking about the time that they actually first met. And, uh, you know, she got the claws out or whatever. And Wolverine thinks he's got the advantage. And, and then, then she kicks him she kicks in the him face with her fucking foot... Yeah, Claw. and just fucking splits his face right down the middle. That Love was it. that was amazing. So they, you know, they kind of introduce themselves to each other, and they kind of go try to get to the bottom of this situation because Wolverine's adopted daughter has been like kidnapped. You know, so they find this guy and get information from him, and they they got to get to the airport. You know, but like up until this point, it was just like run-of-the-mill okay issue and um like all right logan's dead and he's teaming up with laura they're both wolverines oh my god uh but then they get into the plane and you know Sabretooth is there and i just don't understand why they didn't like smell him first you know they kind of like caught him they they were caught by surprise by Sabretooth. like i really <laughs> feel like once they got even near the plane they would have smelled him because they both know who he is but uh and this is where it started to get real badass 
is when Laura jumps on him and she's got the claws inside of him and they go out of the plane and hit the ground and like she's all beaten up and shit but she's like laughing and he doesn't know what she's laughing at and fucking Logan is just coming down right on top of him and they just kick the shit out of him that was really badass that that was where the issue really turned for me and then of course we get to the sad stuff so this is a point that I've brought up a lot in like normal conversation when I'm telling people about the X-Men because that's a thing that I do because I don't have any interests or go out to tell people what happened in my daily life. Never leave the house. I never leave the house. It's just X-Men all the time. It's just The only reason why we ever leave, why we would ever leave the house is to carry the X message. So for those of you who don't normally follow our ramblings, uh, I've read every issue of X-Men. If you take this out of context and don't read like Wolverine or like the old Weapon X books or anything like that, anytime that Sabretooth would show up in any of the X-Men books, it would feel exactly like the giant chicken from family guy who (laughs) randomly came up and showed up and started fighting peter because there was no context for why Sabretooth and wolverine were fighting all the time they never brought it up in any x-men books other than like the weapon x books and wolverine so if you're reading it it's just like Here's a giant chicken, and Wolverine's going to fight him for no reason. Listen. And they hate each other, and we don't know why. That's that's exactly what it's like. I would buy the shit out of a Wolverine versus the giant chicken <laughs> miniseries. I would buy the shit out of that. Listen, I used to like Family Guy, and I got tired of it after time, but Peter versus the chicken, best part of any episode ever. Ever. I'm sorry. You can continue. No, I agree. That was my point. I was just, I just wanted to say that because I feel like I brought that up a lot. Somebody was like, so why do Wolverine and Sabretooth hate each other so much? And I'm like, they, they don't. Well, I mean, I'm, there's really no reason unless, you know, you read the side stories. There's, he just shows up and they start fighting. No, well, I mean, they had a history together. They knew each other when they were actually, like, younger. Yeah, uh, but my point is that yeah, unless that you, don't... you read those stories, you have no context for why they're fighting. Yeah, and it's kind of weird how, like, they were originally intended to be, like, you know, dad and son. And, yeah. like, that wasn't even brought up. But um, I didn't realize that, actually, it was uh, Chris Claremont that was writing Iron Fist at the time who created Sabretooth in Iron Fist number 14. And then in Iron Fist number 15, the X-Men were in that issue. And like he planted like the little seeds of it back then. Um, Like you'd have to like really be paying attention. I guess if you're reading back then, like Wolverine would use the term bub. Uh And so did Sabretooth in his first appearance said bub. And it's like those little things that you could kind of pick up on. But like you said, they never came out and just like said what the connection is until later and until like other stories. So like you didn't know. But anyway, so like the end of this issue just ended very sad with Wolverine and Wolverine talking to each other. And, you know, Logan kind of realizes that Laura is actually related to him. And um, yeah, but it's also Akiko. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, so Patty just was trying to covertly point out to me that it's Amiko and not Akiko, but that's that's the thing that I read. That apparently <laughs> that's that's interchangeable for some reason. Akiko yeah, and Amiko. Of, that's one of her like code names it says yeah. online, which 
doesn't make any fucking sense. I did listen. I looked I up the same rem- thing. I don't remember ever hearing her being called a Kiko. Same. It yeah. was probably just a typo, or they didn't remember what it was, and they're like, I don't know. That sounds about right. No, you're probably right about and that. That's, that's, that's probably the reason. That's probably what they did, and then they just were like, all right, whatever. Yeah, because I, I, I knew a Miko, and I'm like reading all this a Kiko, a Kiko, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck did I miss about Wolverine's history? So I looked it up, and it's like, oh yeah, Miko, a Kiko, same fucking thing. You tomato, know, tomato. Letters don't matter. You know, <laughs> words. Oh, what are words anyway? So you yeah, know, patty potty, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So, yeah, so they're talking, and uh, Logan realizes that, like, uh, you know, Laura is probably related to him. I haven't seen my mother's eyes in a long time. And, um, you know, Laura convinces him to go back inside and read a story to his his daughter. And, Amico. Um, and, you know, uh, he's like, I can't wait to meet you, Laura. And she says, goodbye, Dad. Like, I, I really almost started to yeah, tear up. Yeah, I started tearing up. It was up. a really touching moment. Um, but I'll touch your moment. So, <laughs> is that what we're calling it now? I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Oh, the moment has passed. Wait, uh, that sounds like it's no more penis. So they make, uh, they make pills for that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, and this actually turned out to be a really good issue. But both of them, you know, both generations' books for the X Men were were really good. I wish that they did more. You know, it would have been cool. The one that I've been thinking of is like. Like the Thunderbirds, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, but like John and James Proudstar. Like, like who would care other than yeah, like a few diehard X fans? Yeah, like me. It but. wouldn't. It, people wouldn't care. I mean, or if they did like the Hellions and Hellion or something like that, you know, like <laughs> who who gives a shit? It's the whole team of Hellions yes. and Hellion. Yes, that's what I'm saying. We're like, I would buy that. I would. I'd fucking. I'd fucking buy that. Or like the Icemen, Icemen and Iceman. Are they doing that? No, they're not. Damn it. This is being like, I'm gay. Oh, I'm gay too. All right. High five. High they five. already did that though. They already had that moment. I know. All right. So <laughs> the moment has passed. All right. So moving on. Uh, wanted to talk about Astonishing X-Men number two uh, for two reasons, right? Get it too, because number two issue. Because it's it's the number two. It's you know the last new book that we got as part, part of Resurrection. And also, I liked this issue a lot better than the first one. I was really, really fucking disappointed with Astonishing X-Men number one. Uh, it was but, stupid. <clears throat> but number two is great. Uh, first, great. art is great. Astonishing. I love... Astonishing art. Love uh, Astonishing Diodato. And there was a clue immediately about Beast not being Beast in the program of like this this fake play that they're watching. You can see the cast and quotes around the B-E next to the blue one caught that and i knew i knew in the last issue like this is obviously mystique like people like you must have realized that who is on the cover okay well uh, again that those are things that are known to us the reader but not known to who else is reading the the comic no to the people in the comic so you don't have to i thought you the people in the comic looking at the cover of the comic book in which they are in i thought you meant that like (laughs) the characters on the team like how did they not know it was beast and i'm like well you know well that's another thing listen that's another point because why i don't how did logan not pick that up he's got a nose he smells things that really bothered me because he does part of his smell power he does smell things. That's part of his smell power. Right. Is he, is he smells saying. things. That's what I said. Smells. He smells the smelly smell that he smells, smells smelly. Listen, he smells what the rock is cooking. Yes. All right? And and it is not beast. The rock is cooking has, mystique. Has rock been cooking all these years? I don't know. Maybe he should try baking. 
Can you smell what the rock is baking? Yeah, he's making a nice crumb cake. Aw, that's nice. <laughs> I would eat the rock's crumb cake. All right, now that sounded that sounded different when I was thinking it from yeah. when I said it. Yeah. If there was literally like, you know, like an Entenmann's crumb cake, but it was the rock crumb cake, I would eat that. I would not do anything sexual with the rock's crumb cake, whatever the crumb cake might be slang for. So I'm, stop. I'm, I don't want to hear it. I'm glad that The you, moment has passed. I'm glad that you wouldn't have sex with either the rock or something that he bakes. Or Entenmann's, or, honestly. Or Entenmann's. I don't know that Just, dude. Yeah. He probably dead anyway. Right? Probably, yeah. Right. So we, you know, we see Xavier at the end of the last issue and he's still here, but it's like really weird. This like dialogue that he and the Shadow King are having back and forth. Now, Xavier is chained up, but he's still acting like, like he's okay with this, like playing this little game. I did like the play though. The play was really cute. First, having all the Madroxes, like, all right, so that's multiple, man. Like we saw that solicitation months ago and we knew that something more must have been going on. But like the little cutesy moments between Colossus and Shadowcat and how they're changing to like Gambit and Rogue and then like Colossus and Rogue and like that was all really fucking cute. And then, you know, fucking Xavier, I guess maybe he was trying to help the X-Men is what it seemed like. This this is a game of chess that he and the Shadow King are playing. It was really, really weird. And then we find out like, oh yeah, this is Mystique. And apparently Gambit had sex with two Mystiques. Did you catch that when she was like, you remember those two ladies in like Phoenix or whatever? Okay, no, I didn't pick up on that. I would, yeah. Yeah. Gambit, okay. Gambit and Mystique had sex, but he well, had sex Gambit's, with like two Mystiques. Gambit's had sex with everyone, so what difference does it make? I mean, you know, he's probably got crabs, <laughs> so like, whatever, you know? And, uh, you know, I just hope that, <laughs> you know, that he gets tested. And that he uses protection. I mean, but, you know, his gloves have holes in them, so... That's you know, true. That's really not good enough for Nectar. You don't want holes you in don't, them, because that's how you, you get the crabs. You don't want holes in your gloves. That is how you get the crabs. And the babies. You don't want the babies or the crabs. You don't or want the baby, baby crabs. Or the baby crabs, especially the baby crabs. Those are hard to get rid of. But it was it was kind of lame how Phantom X just figured out this was all a game and that somebody was trying to help them. Like, all right, I guess. But, like, where does that come from, you know? Like, how did he just magically guessed that there was somebody on their side trying to help them so i smelled a plot hole there i smelled what the plot hole was cooking <laughs> not what the rock hole was i don't cooking. want you to smell other holes <laughs> anyway though like as many like little gripes that i have this issue was a lot a lot better than than the first the dialogue was really not corny it was a lot better uh the story was more interesting i'm, I'm curious to see what xavier's angle is in all this the he's, stakes here he's felt real. He's an asshole. Those are his. He is an asshole, but like. Those are his angles. But there's like, all right, and we're gonna get to this piece of news uh, a little bit later on. But like, we well, see you're him. A piece of news. I am a piece of news. But uh, you know, he's with the team on like a solicitation for a future issue. So, I, I mean, he is an asshole, but like, he's their asshole. You know what I mean? Anyway, so uh, so this was good, and I'm curious to see where this is gonna go, and. The last book we're going to talk about is X-Men Gold number 10, which I did not like. But I want to start off by saying it's not that I don't like this series as a whole. I know a lot of people are really loving X-Men Gold. I think the last issue, X-Men Gold number 9, was really good because it brought up this issue of, like, listen, like your kind is causing all kinds of damage and politicians want the X-Men out of the United States. Just fucking deport them all. It seems really kind of out of left field, but I feel like there's a lot of potential in that story as opposed to everything that came in this issue. And just to go through this really quick, 
So we have this uncle. We're going to Russia. Okay. Some magic brought Omega Red back to life. Okay. But he's vulnerable. Uh, okay. And then, and then uncle's, uh, the Colossus' uncle tricked them? Okay. And then magic is whisked away somehow, and this lame mobster magic is stronger than her mutant power, and now Omega Red has her. She's in danger. Uh, okay. It was just like... There was no stakes anywhere in here. There was nothing leading into the next action. It was just like, believe that this is happening. Believe that this is happening. And it was just all like, just ridiculous. Rushed. It was rushed, yeah. There were no stakes in any of it. I didn't feel like I cared about anything that was happening. And all of it was so unfucking believable And I know, listen, it's a book... It's a comic book, first of all, about people with superpowers. So I have to suspend some sort of belief there. Like, all right, I get that. But I, I just, I really didn't like this. But you you go ahead because I, I'm through with this. Um, okay, so I thought it was interesting that, you know, this mystery uncle just showed up out of the blue. No, out of the gold. Out of the gold. Um, <laughs> oh, you get man. it? I don't really buy that he's their uncle. Maybe he is. But, I mean, he gave a reason for why, you know, he hasn't shown himself in all these years. And Colossus mentioned that he did remember his dad having a brother. Yeah, so it sounds believable. Yeah, so that's, like, plausible. I do agree that this story was rushed, but I do love Omega Red. Um, So it seems like... He's really reliant on, you know, like, his vampiric powers that he has to, like, steal life from people in order to keep living himself. And that's why they probably got magic, because that will probably help him more. But it sounds like he still has, like, some kind of deadline that he can only stay alive for a certain amount of time unless something happens. So, I don't know. I feel like that would be interesting to see. I enjoyed this book. They did get the X-Men to leave the U.S., at least for a little bit. Now now they're in Russia. There you go. Oh, Um, there's your collusion. There's your Russian collusion. (laughs) Also, another another point which was brought up recently was this thing between Kitty and Peter. Oh, stop it. I hate it. So stupid. No, okay. So, like... I did like them together. Their timing was always off. I don't know if they're doing this because it's like one of those like Ross and Rachel type of things where like they don't really belong together, but people want them together. Mm. So that's why they're doing this. I don't know if it's that like some sort of nostalgia about the ship or like, and that's fine, but like. That's a good point. I feel like it's really weird. Like, you know, they haven't been together in such a long time, and it feels really weird and rushed. And I know, like, when couples get together, sometimes they just count the time that they've been dating since they stopped dating. So maybe it's like, okay, so we've already been together for, like, five years, so let's just continue from there. I don't I don't know, but the whole thing does seem a little rushed. But, you know, maybe that's because they've had a relationship prior. Yeah, but they just, I mean, and especially Shadowcat seemed so against them being together yeah. again. And with, you yeah. know, and, and, and I'm fine with that. That's the thing is that <clears throat> they've been down this road before. And it's not that, like, I would never want to see them together again. It just all feels too easy. It really does. Shadowcat feel too easy. Sh- thank you. Shadowcat's got a lot going on right now. She's leading this fucking team of the X-Men. Like, she is in charge in Central Park. With like, and now we've got politicians that want mutants out of the United States, and Peter just like 
gives her like the cutesy little fucking puppy dog eyes in one issue and all of a sudden boom we're back to we're back to where she's, we were she's back to his face yeah like i just i don't i don't like that but it was a good point what you said it's like okay well maybe this writer guggenheim wanted to see them back together so that's what he's doing now and that's just it it's just what people want to see and it doesn't feel natural that's what i don't i don't like that anyway i do like omega red too and I want to see more from him. I just hope that, you know, we I, I can actually feel like there's some dramatic tension maybe in the next issue. You know what I would like to see? I would like to see Omega Red Monet face off because they oh, kind of got like the same thing going on. That's actually awesome. Yeah. I wonder how that would work out. But Monet's got like more powers than he does. And especially yeah. now, if he's in a weakened state, she would fuck him up. But, I don't know, if he gets back to his original power, that would be an interesting fight. Yeah, and, you know, whoever the winner would be, you know, would take all the spoils. Like, literally, would take the other one's life and then just have, like, all this ridiculous fucking power. All the mouth hands. All the mouth hands all and the, all the whips. All the mouth hands and whips. Yes. <laughs> whoever, whoever wins this fight is going to be one kinky motherfucker. All right. So, did you think that the X-Men Generations books were on fire? Or that they were just grasping at claws. Do you think Charles Xavier seems like a shadow of his mm. former self? You think about that while we take a quick break. Do you like using the internet to watch videos? Oh my gosh, yes! Other than porn? Mm, sometimes. Do you like to read articles? Yeah. And do you like listening to podcasts? Boy, do I! Well, Geekade.com has all of those things. Geekade features videos, podcasts, and articles about all different geeky topics, from TV shows to comics to video games and even music. I like to even music. And the people at Geekade.com post something new almost every single day. That's perfect, because I get out of bed almost every single day. If it's worthy of geekiness, you'll find it on Geekade.com, so stop by and tell us, what's your geek? Have you ever wondered how many it would take to save Wolverine and the X-Men? How many what? Guess how many! But... How many, what, cats? Rocks? Well, one Facebook page is attempting to answer that question. I've got your answer. Wolverine's dead and the X-Men live in fucking Central Park. One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men is a Facebook page dedicated to some of the coolest stuff X-Men fans have to offer. Their money? There's news, tough trivia, merchandise, and a mutant of the day every single day. That doesn't sound like money. Check out One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today. Give me money. All right, everyone, so for this month's Mutant Memories, so much mmm, I picked, um, I've gotten well past this issue, but I decided to pick this one because I really loved it and I had never read it before. Uh, X-Men number 64, which came out in January of 1970, and this was written by Roy Thomas and art by Don Heck, and this was the first appearance of Sunfire. Uh, I have always loved Sunfire. Not that I've read every issue he's been in, but every time I read him, he's angry. He's angry about something. Angry Japanese man. And then there's the fucking AOA version of him, which is just looks amazing. Angry Japanese man. Yeah, and he's just, he's fucking awesome. And to be honest, I mean, a lot of these old issues of X-Men, like we all know, we're not very good. No. Except for the art of Neil Adams. That man was a fucking amazing artist. And I don't care how crappy the dialogue or story was or whatever, but he, he was amazing on art. But he didn't do this one, unfortunately. But still, I have to say, Sunfire's original costume even looked fucking awesome. 
It just fits perfectly. So, like, they, the X-Men get this read of, like, this really powerful mutant nearby, and Sunfire is destroying a monument when the UN delegate from Japan is addressing a crowd. And just, like, immediately, this dude is angry, and he's angry at the United States. And, Same. like, you know, and this came out in 1970, so, like, you know, Hiroshima was relatively, uh, considering, recent. yeah, relatively recent, considering how many years have gone by now. And so we get, like, the backstory on Sunfire and his hatred of the United States. And his mom, you know, was sick because of the Hiroshima bombing, gave birth to him. She died during childbirth. So his uncle helped raise him and suspected that he was a mutant, indoctrinated him with hate against the United States. And um, just fucking the dude just got so much hatred. And it was really interesting to read this. And then, you know, we realized that this UN delegate from Japan who was dedicating the mon monument that Shiro destroyed, is Shiro's dad. And, like, dad's trying to smack some sense into him, but Shiro won't listen. And it was just really awesome to see Sunfire single-handedly take on some of the X-Men. Like, he burned the shit out of Beast, where he couldn't fight anymore. Round two of the fight, he burned Warren's wings and, like, took out Iceman by, you know, basically melting him. And Iceman couldn't fight anymore because of all the steam. And then this was funny. And I always thought this was funny, too. Maybe you have some thoughts on this. Why did they... Like, I know Cyclops is powerful. You know, the, the beams coming out of his face. But why were they always saying back in the day that Cyclops is the most powerful one? Where, like, if you stop and think about it for more than 10 seconds, it's clear that he's not. Okay, so I thought this was interesting, too. And it was a point that was brought up in... It was either the Generation Phoenix book or a recent issue of Jean Grey where beautiful Jean was talking to cute Jean and saying that you were just like acting like back in the day and like, you know, your teammates thought of you as like oh, yeah. either like a sex panther <laughs> or like or some, weak. yeah, some weakling or some cute girl. And you like, you know, tried to like rein in your powers so nobody knew how powerful you were, but you were always the strongest. I don't know if it was like, you know, the writing at the time that like it had to be like a guy who was the strongest and like in charge. Mm, yeah, when it's true. I started reading the X-Men books from the beginning not too long before i met jonathan maybe like five months or something i mentioned that to him i always thought that cyclops was relatively weak mm. because <clears throat> he never like used his power or like his full power or whatever and it just felt like uh he was he wasn't as strong as like iceman or gene and I'm like, you know, he's never, like, broken anything or, like, killed anybody. So, like, I don't feel like he's, like, as powerful as they're making him out to be. But they, anytime they get a chance to, they always mention that he's the strongest one. Yeah, it, it was weird because every once in a while, like, that would come up. Like, the most powerful of the X-Men. And, like, I read, like, a bunch of, like, the oldest x-men comics like you know the first 10 or whatever when i was little and i don't obviously I, I didn't revisit that very often but that wasn't something that i ever remembered in a way it sort of makes sense but at the same time it doesn't like all right so cyclops is powerful those beams are really strong and forceful and i guess i get it that you know Iceman, like they were still developing him as writers were trying to figure it out too like he was basically snowman in the beginning and then yeah. it was in like issue eight or nine or something where he would actually turned into an ice man 
but he definitely had like a lot of potential and Jean too I feel like they just like nerfed her so much they didn't want to use that potential maybe because like you said there are males and they were writing it as like oh the male's got to be the strongest because it wasn't going to be Warren and it wasn't going to be Hank either no. um, but that's the thing that you know we kind of got off on a side tangent here but that's what I wanted to get to in this issue because he took these three other you know x-men out really easily so then it comes down to scott and gene to take out sunfire so gene lifts cyclops <clears throat> onto the top of like the capitol building to fucking face him head on you've got a dude who can fly and shoot fucking like fiery radiation out of his body and this one dude has like beams coming out of his eyes and you know it was cool to see them you know kind of like match almost sort of like evenly but it it didn't matter because you know shiro's dad and uncle come to the top of the capitol building and the fucking uncle like shoots the dad off and then he dies and shiro didn't want his dad to die he goes down there and he's like laying next to his dying body and just like fucking crying and um it sounds kind of silly I would definitely recommend that if for anybody who hasn't read it before, go back and take a look at this. The writing was was not bad considering the other issues around it. And the art was okay, you know. I wish Neil Adams had done this one. But then again, Don Heck came up with a cool design for Sunfire, which they've mostly kept since then. Except for obviously the AOA version. I, uh, I, I, I like this issue. Yeah, no, I really liked this issue the first time I read it and the second time that I read it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, um, I started rereading the comics with Jonathan, too, so that I could, like, talk to him about it. But I've been very distracted <laughs> with Persona lately, so uh, I haven't been reading comics too much. But, yeah, no, I thought it was really interesting because, you know, assume that, uh, well, Shiro is older. Uh, but, yeah, no, he was definitely older than the X-Men. It, it could have happened you know, in his lifetime or like, you know, the day he was born even say, I think stories like that are really interesting. And I hope they do something like that, that, you know, reflects the current political climate other than, you know, just like, oh, uh, fucking communism is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I just, um, I I like how, you know, they, they gave Shiro kind of a timeless reason to be so angry. I kind of, you know... I could totally understand where he's coming from. And I do not blame him at all for hating America. No, absolutely. Uh, He's kind of, you know, been very adversarial, but, you know, also like an ally over the years. I kind of wish he would get more play regularly. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, So moving on, one thing that I did want to have a brief discussion about was what happened in X-Men Blue number 9, primarily with Emma. I, I loved this issue... The fight between Havoc and Polaris, Gene and Jimmy taking on guards, like, this was, you know, this this was fine. Writing, art, everything, but I'm, I've got to come back to the point of Emma Frost, and hopefully this can be it for a while, because I don't think anything new is going to happen with her. And she basically just had a breakdown in this issue, and it was really fucking weird to see Emma mind-controlling young Scott and just being like, you know, he's going to be a... Uh, He's going to, like, save mutants. He's going to be what I need him to be. It's just, like, it's perverted, first of all. But that's not even, like, the main point. It's just, like, this really strong woman, like, I get that she lost somebody she loved and she fought beside. But it's like she really, she can't 
keep it even remotely together after she loses him? You know what I mean? Like, no, I understand, though. I, I understand her... I, like she's coming from and like listen that's the thing i get that too but she she had history before this i know she's always been like she's always been very cold and calculating and i i just i feel like it's one of these things that they they talk about like oh you know in movies like the women are usually talking about the male character or whatever like even when there's no male character around like they can't be okay on their own i get that she loved him or whatever but she this issue she just had such a breakdown and i feel like also young gene took her out too easily i i just i feel this just like in a way just goes against the person that emma has been for a long time and then like at the end there's miss sinister and there's bastion and i'm like all right well after all this like i don't even i don't even really care it's just rough reading her like this you know like it's it's just been kind of dragging out for a while now and I, I just I want to move past this already but no I I mean I totally understand where she's coming from I mean even after he first died and she was like throwing herself off that mountain and turning into the diamond form at like the last second yeah. like this woman has been through a lot and you know she was she was like really looking at Cyclops as, like, her future, and now I feel like maybe she feels like she has nothing to live for anymore. I don't know. I mean, I would probably be a fucking wreck, too. And I don't know if it's, like, you know, necessarily, like, sexist or anything. I mean, I could see Scott doing the same thing if he lost Emma. And, I mean, you know how many times fucking Wolverine's lost his shit over Jean. (laughs) Or any of the other women he's been with who've died. Yeah, I wasn't so, I wasn't saying that like, oh, Colin Bunn is being sexist. No, 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 I, I understand. I feel like I'm just not satisfied with the way this has been going with her. At the same time, I sort of get it. Is she going to be like the uniting beacon of mutant kind? Are people all going to fucking rally around Emma Frost? Pfft, no, like that's not going to happen. I, 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 I get that. But I, I really want to see, and maybe that's it. It's just it's not... It's not meeting my expectations. I would love to see Emma Frost with her own team of, like, mutant followers, some of whom are heroic. Let her take some of the kids. Let her take some of the established X-Men. Have her own team and fuck shit up her own way. She can be anti-heroic. I think that would be awesome. I would love to see an uncanny title featuring her. And it just seems like, you know, we're going back. Like, we're, we're not moving forward with Emma Frost. We're moving backwards. That's what I feel like. No, I agree. I mean, um, you know, I've never liked her because when I first read her, she was as a villain. Mm. I've never really thought that she belonged on the X-Men. I never liked her when she became an X-Men or really anything that she's done. Uh, I really just don't like Emma Frost. <laughs> so That's okay. That's what You know, this um if she doesn't show up for a while, I'll be perfectly okay with that yeah but like that's what that's what'll make like something like this discussion be a little bit more interesting because you know uh, i mean it it would be kind of tough for me to have an objective discussion about like her uh or pyro or something like i need somebody who can be like your favorite character is pyro what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) like i I need to hear that every once in a while but no i just I, like, I get what you're saying, too. Like, you first read her as a villain, and, like, I read... I started reading comics at a weird time, you know? She was villainous, but she wasn't, like... 
like I want to destroy the world like villainous. It was, you know, she, she had just lost the Hellions, basically. And at that point, she, you know, like I said, she wasn't like, I'm going to take over the world and fucking kill everybody. But she was a bitch. And, you know, then eventually she she joins Generation X with Banshee and, and you know, helped those kids. But she still wasn't really a good person. So I always thought that she was a really conflicted character, even though she put on this facade like, I'm all there, I'm confident, and I can fucking ruin you. Because she can, but I just feel like she's a lot more deep than that. And this is, like, just really weird to see her still still fucking losing her shit over over scott's death like this many months later uh and i just i i don't know i i don't think the future bodes well for the for stories featuring emma frost but we'll have to see what happens anyway so moving on to some news uh not a ton of it this month but um you know they we got this image this solicitation for x-men gold number 16 where the team is going to the negative zone on a mission and there is a bald-headed mutant standing among the X-Men. But, uh, yeah, so I, I guess that they're going to bring back Xavier. It's really anticlimactic that they're showing off this cover. And, like, you know, we're still kind of going through this yeah, thing in Astonishing Marvel, X-Men. <laughs> Marvel likes to just spoil things before it comes out. And it's really shitty of them. And they shouldn't do it. Because now, you know, we have nothing to, like, look forward to. Yeah. So, I, I mean... I got no reason to get out of bed now. You know, I wish you didn't tell me about this. Um, but, you know, whatever. You like to, you know, piss in my Cheerio, so whatever. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Don't worry about it. I didn't know you didn't like when I pissed in your Cheerios. That's what I'm really upset about. I've been doing that, like, every morning for over three years now. Oh, and now... She tells me while we're recording that she doesn't like when I pee in front of her right into her Cheerios. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. No, I, I I don't know. You see him in the negative zone with the use of his legs. Like, we're assuming that's Xavier. And, like, this just makes me think about, like, some of the issues that I was reading. Because I, I, I had never seen any of these issues before. The early issues of X-Men where he had these fucking like attachments that yeah. allowed him to walk yeah how stupid was that it was very stupid stupid when you think about it though we have a lot of like classic characters that are dead right now not a lot but a good amount you know xavier's gone scott's gone logan's Jean. gone gene's gone you know so i mean we gotta bring somebody back he would but be my last, yeah, out of the four, he'd be was, my last choice. I was going to say the same exact fucking thing. But at the same time, I am kind of curious about how things are going to go moving forward with him. I think it would have been more interesting to see him interact with the X-Men during Inhumans versus X-Men than right now. Yeah, I agree, especially to see what he thought about Scott's plan and that he probably would have been against it. Yeah. Well, Scott's yeah. plan, quote unquote, that was actually Emma's, Emma's plan. plan. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what at the same time though? I mean, he I'm sure he would have seen right through that ruse and realized that that, that was Scott was not there, that there was no Scott there. That was just a projection by Emma. And that kind of would have ruined the whole thing, but uh, I, I don't really know. That, that's interesting. They could have written that. They could have had the cuckoos in on it, helped yeah. conceal the fact that it was a ruse. There's a lot of potential there that I feel like they kind of missed, and I don't know. I don't feel like now is the time for Xavier to come back, but this is still probably a, yeah, it's still a couple of months away, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the next bit of news that I want to get to, maybe you'll have a little bit more to talk about than me, is that just recently, which is weird because we're we're like a month away now from the premiere date of Gifted, Sage is going to be a recurring role in Gifted. 
I, I actually I looked it up on IMDb, and she's going to be in three episodes. So this actress, Haley Lovett, who played the original Wasp in the Ant-Man movie, so it was a very small role, um, she's playing Sage. Uh, she, I guess she revealed it through her Instagram or whatever. The picture was taken of her and the you know actor who's playing Thunderbird uh, on set. So I, I don't really know how I feel about this because I've read a bunch of issues that had Sage in it, but I mean, this was what, like the two, early 2000s, late 90s, she was a thing going on in the books, and that was a particular time that I wasn't reading it, and I was, I've just gone back and read some of those issues. So I don't know. What do you think about Sage and the character being in this? Honestly, I don't even remember too much about Sage. <laughs> she was... Like, at all. Um, I didn't really care about her or for her. So I could take her or leave her. If, you know, this actress ruins her, it's going to be, you know, no sweat off my dick. That's, <laughs> that's all I have to say about it. I don't really care. Yeah, the, the moment has passed on that one. Uh, <laughs> any, anyway, I, I, I don't really know. I mean, she's got, like, psychic-based powers. Um, I know that, like, she was a mole in, like, the Hellfire Club for a while. I don't think, like, they're going to have the Hellfire Club in this show, though, so... I don't, I don't know how they're going to tie that in, but it's a thing that's happening, so there you go. All right, so there are minor casting additions to New Mutants, and why I think this is interesting is because they're going to obviously give these characters some sort of backstory, which is nice. So we actually give a shit maybe about the characters Happy in your movie. Happy Anderson? Yeah, it's that's his name. That's a fucking stupid Apparently, name. Apparently, he's an actor on Gotham, which I've never watched. Uh, he's cast as Reverend Sinclair, who we, we know is uh, Wolfsbane's biological father and a piece of shit, basically. Piece of shit. He's going to be in that. What's interesting about that, too, I'm sure they're not going to get to this, but for those of you who never read X-Force Volume 3, first of all, fucking amazing. Second of all, Wolfsbane eats her dad. Like, and I'm not Spoilers. sexy way, not a sexy way, like devours him, ingests her dad. Awesome. Badass. Because he's an abusive piece of shit. But also, we got a Mickey Gilmore from Spin the Plate. Oh my God! I if don't you know what that is. if you combine the names Happy Anderson and Mickey Gilmore, you get Happy Gilmore. Are oh you my fucking God. kidding me? They did that on they, purpose. They fucking did that. They on fucking purpose. did that on purpose. Why else would they hire somebody named Happy? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Maybe maybe Adam Sandler is gonna is gonna have like a hidden role in New. Oh Mutants. my God! I hope he has a cameo. Maybe who do you think Adam Sandler would play? He'd be Happy Gilmore. He'll be Happy Gilmore <laughs> in New Mutants. Yeah. Think about it. Think of what is Happy Gilmore's mutant power. He's golf. got super golf strength. Super he golf fucking, strength. He has super hockey strength too, but yeah. super golf strength. He hits the fucking golf balls real oh, far. Oh, oh, he's good at hockey. It's filming in Canada. There's another connection for you. Oh my God. Just fucking mind, mind blown. Oh right my here. God. Head, head cannon for days. Oh my God. Listen, listen. This Head is, cannonball this for is days. Fucking ridiculous! All these connections we're making about Happy Gilmore—it's—it's <laughs> it's a fucking conspiracy. So yeah, so Happy Gilmore was cast as a coal miner. Uh, so there's your connection to Cannonball. So moving on, minor casting additions in Dark Phoenix. There's something here about uh, a role where the pseudonym is Luna and that there's rumors about it being like Celine or Lorelai or Layla Miller. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is that Toad and Ink are coming back. So the actors who played those two characters in X-Men Days of Future Past are uh, reprising their roles in X-Men Dark Phoenix. I like Toad and I like Ink. 
Even though they were so very briefly in Days of Future Past, they're coming back. Okay. Alright. Okay. Alright, they're coming back. Uh, and the last piece of news that I want to touch on, because a lot of people are freaking the fuck out over this, and I don't necessarily think it's that bad. Dark Phoenix is not going to really be in space, apparently. Simon Kinberg said he needed to find a way to ground the movie so it's not too intergalactic. But that doesn't mean that it's not in space. It says it's not too much in space. Right. But the thing is, is like, you know, Dark Phoenix, like the whole is Phoenix. In space. Right. And and this really isn't going to have much to do with space. I honestly, I'm not really looking forward to this movie too much. Because I, I just, I don't think it's going to be very good. But it's not. I see how they can make this work on Earth. Like, if, if the Phoenix is not this aspect of Gene's personality, which they've tried to make it, and it's like this intergalactic entity, aliens like the Shi'ar could be chasing it through space and come to Earth to find it. And most of the set pieces can be done on Earth. Like, it's not really that hard to do. People are flipping out over this and saying, like, this movie is going to fail because it of is. this. It's going to fail because it sounds stupid. Uh, it's going to, it may fail for many reasons, but I don't feel like that this is the reason why it may fail. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, I, again, I don't have high hopes for this movie. Obviously, Patty hasn't either, and, like, that's fine. Eventually, you know, maybe the rights will go back to Marvel, and then maybe we'll start getting some better X-Men movies, or at least consistently better X-Men movies instead of once every decade. So there you go. That'll do it for this month's episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook or geekade.com. Did you ever read Sunfire's first appearance? And if so, what did you think about it? Do any of you care about Toad or Ink? God, I hope somebody does. I want to know if anyone else in the world cares about them. Uh, join us next month when we'll be catching up on Weapon X, Old Man Logan, Cable, and whatever else we feel like talking about. Because we're strong, independent nerds who don't need to answer to no man. And until next time, Sunfire was right, even though he was probably drunk and setting shit on fire. Bye!